Okay, everyone, welcome. Welcome to the first class in 5-7-A-2 that's recorded. We gave classes on Rosh Hashanah, but that wasn't recorded, and this one is recorded, so everybody should be blessed with a Gemar Chasimatov and a good Gebenj Tiar. And only, only good, good, happy, this should be the happiest year ever. The most incredible year ever, as a Hashem it will be. Okay. Um, I am teaching right now totally off the cuff. Um, it was a fast day and the day after Rosh Hashanah and a day after a huge big Mashiach project. And I had zero energy. So, um, But uh, we're going to pull energy from we don't know where and we're going to learn. <laughs> and, and somewhere, somewhere it's going gonna, it's gonna to come together. Okay, this is a mimer that the Rebbe said in Tavshin Lamed Vav. Tavshin Lamed Vav is... 70, actually when he, Toshin Lamed Vav would mean it was in 75, 1975. On Shabbos Shuvah, 1975. So that is 85, 95, 2005, 2015, plus seven, 47 years ago. No, 40, 46 years ago. 46 years ago. Okay. Here we go. So the Haftorah we read on this Shabbos, Shuvah Yisrael Adavai Lekecha. Return, it opens up with a Pasuk in Hosea, which says, Shuvah Yisrael, return Israel. Ad Hashem Alekecha to Hashem Hashem, to Hashem your God. Because you have stumbled with your sins. And then the verse continues, take with, it, take with yourself words. We'll see, we'll see what that means. Take with yourself words. Imru uh, Elov, say to him, Kol Tisa Avoin, that Hashem carries the sin or forgives the sin. And our lips will, um, you know what? Let's not try, let's, let's do better. Let's grab a. Here we go, Shuva, Shuva, Yisrael. Hosea prophesies to Judah, the southern kingdom. Okay, this is what he's saying to them. Shuva Yisrael, return to God, you citizens of, of Yehuda, lest you be destroyed as was Israel, the northern kingdom. Okay. Return while the merciful God is still merciful. Before his attribute of mercy is superseded by his attribute of judgment, and he acts as your stern God. So maybe that's how he's learning. Shuvi Yisrael, ad while, ad means until Hashem, Avaya, which is the name of mercy, is still, is still, is still active, as opposed to becoming chas v'shalom elokim, elokecha. Okay. Um, who meets out correct the punishment. 
And then it continues, for you have stumbled over obstacles that he has placed in your path on account of your inequity. So kikashalto, you stumbled, bavinecha, as a sign that you need to repent. Then it says, take words with you and use them, Hashem, and use those words to return to Hashem. Say to him, Imrue, love, say to him, koil tisa avain, forgive all our inequity. So it would be more like tisa kol avain. That's what I thought. Even though it says kol first. Tisa, you should forgive kol avain all sins. Vakach toiv. Uh, and teach us the good way. So why is vak- what does it mean? What did you get the word vakach meaning and teach? And the Abishta should teach us the good way. Okay. Take all our few good deeds in your hands and judge us only on their merit. And let us render the confessions and resolutions from our lips instead of the bulls that we would have offered up to you on the altar. That's the meaning of an And our lips will will pay up instead of instead of the bulls, which we would bring in the base of Mingdash. Anyways, this is a call for tshuva, right? That's the gist of it. It's telling and in the and the process of tshuva is that what that we should take words and return to Hashem. And we should ask Hashem that he should forgive all the sins and he should take good. I guess he should take the little bit of good that we do and consider it as a lot. And then just with our lips, we should be able to bring all the sacrifices we need to bring. That's the simple meaning of the psukim. Okay. One of the questions that's asked in the Maimorim from the previous Rebbe's Rabbeim why does it say Shuvah Yisrael? Yisrael is a very high name. Israel is a very high name. Since we're speaking about Shuvah, which Shuvah is generally comes from a certain weakness, not the Shuvah comes from the weakness, the sins that require Shuvah come from weakness, so we should have been called by a name that is indicating more the weakened state of the Jewish people which is the name of Yaakov. We have two names. Yaakov is a weaker state, and Yisrael is a much higher state. It should have said, return Yaakov, not return Yisrael. The name Yisrael is a, is a name of higher stature, of high, of high quality. Yisrael means, the reason we're called Yisrael is because we ministered over all the forces and over everyone. In other words, if we're ministering over everyone, means we're we're in charge, and that we're not falling, we're not being uh, controlled by the Yitzhara. Yisrael is above it all, triumphing over everything. So then, in that state, we don't really need tshuva. Tshuva is because of the weaknesses, and the, and, the, and when we were overpowered, that's how it emphasizes even more the contradiction, because the whole name Yisrael comes only when we are fully in control. Then also the name, first of all, Yisrael means you've ministered, and also the reason why he was called Yisrael is because he ministered. Yaakov, on the other hand, means heal, which shows on a very low level, because the heal is the bottom of the body. 
And also the reason why he was called Yaakov, in addition to the actual name of the meaning of the name, but why was he called that way? Is that his hand is gri- is grappling with another with a with a foot that's on top of him. Yaakov was trying to beat Esav, but he was at this point Esav was ahead, was 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 ahead of the game. Esav was already going out, and Yaakov was still behind him, holding on to Esav's leg. And not only is it a heel, that means that there's somebody's heel on top of you, on top of your head. That's not too of a high state. But even worse than that, who's, whose heel is it? It's Esau's heel. So if Yisrael is indicative or symbolizes a, 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 a state of incredible power and, and strength, Yaakov represents a certain weakness. So if we're going to tell us, the Jewish people, to do tshuva, it would make more sense to call out to Yaakov. So return Yaakov. We know that we're the Jewish people as a whole are called in Yaakov's name, either Yaakov or Yisrael. Many times the Torah refers to all of the Jewish people as Yaakov. Altira avdi Yaakov. Don't be afraid, my servant Yaakov. Shem refers to the Jewish people many times as Yaakov. Right. So matovu oyalecha Yaakov mishkanesecha Yisrael. On the other pasuk, on the pasuk says, Hashem does not see any exertion in Yisrael. But by Yaakov it's explained there is exertion. There isn't oven, there isn't an ek, uh, which is a lower, uh, something really uh, on, on a, a much darker thing. But amal, there is amal exertion, whatever. So Yaakov has, uh, is not perfect. Yisrael is a far more perfected state. So therefore, the Yisrael should not be called to do tshuva. It's not understood because of. Now the Pasuk continues, and the Pasuk says, because you've stumbled in your sins. Now, avon is a certain type of sin. On Yom Kippur, we know we're going to say, we say vidoy, confession, and we confess three different categories of sin. Chatoim, avoynois, upshoim. What's the difference? Chatoim means um, unintentional sins. It's called chet. Avoynois means intentional sins. And pshoim means rebellious sins. In other words, not only did we want to do the sin, we were, we were, God forbid, aware of what we were doing, but we were actually trying to get God upset by doing it. So it's more of an, a, a, a direct affront to Hashem. So even though Avain is not the worst, but it's a pretty serious level of sin. So how can we attribute that to Yisrael? Yisrael is such a high level. If we're chas v'shalom doing avonos, not just chatoin, but even avonos, we probably shouldn't be called Yisrael. We should be called Yaakov, at best. Now, even regarding a shogeg, which is an unintentional sin, it says from, in, in, from the Arizal, the reason why we need atonement for, a, for an unintentional sin. It was unintentional. Why would you even, even need atonement? So the Arizal says, that even unintentional sins come because the animal soul in the person is a little too um, 
is, is too um, well fed. When our, a Jew should be so sensitive to God's will that naturally we should be incapable of doing this. It should be natural. The, the example I like to use for that is mothers nurse their babies. In the middle of the night they sleep, they take the baby, they nurse the baby. So um, it really, 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 really ever happens that a mother hurts their baby while at night, even though the baby's tiny and the mother, because the mother is sensitive even when she's sleeping to her baby. Why? Because it's her baby. So she's not going to drop her baby off the bed, or she's not going to roll over over the baby, because even when she's asleep, she's conscious of the fact that she has her baby. Because that um, maternal instinct is so powerful, and it's so strong, that even when you're not mindful and you're not thoughtful it's always in the back of your mind so when a yid is so connected the way we should be our godly soul is so sensitive to God that it should sense that something is not something is wrong it's not it's it, and shouldn't be you couldn't be able to eat tray for food it should be some kind of a Wi-Fi uh, you know alert a, a reaction that you feel even if you don't know even if it has a kosher label if you if the, if the sensitivities of the soul are the way they should of the person then we should automatically have an aversion, even if we're not, even if it's not known to us. The fact that God forbid, sometimes we could make mistake and do something you're not allowed to because we just weren't conscious, is a sign that generally our consciousness has become thickened, earthy and coarse, and that's why our our sensitivities to holiness and to God's will wears off. So even if we might still be enough God fearing that we're not going to do a sin when we know it's a sin, but if we're not, but it's possible that if we're not, we don't have the facts, uh, it, we don't have that sensitivity. So that's why it requires, so you have to do tshuva for a show gig, not because of the sin that you did. It's because of the state of being that allowed the person to, to be in that state. That's, that, that's the thing. Not, it's not the act itself. The act was unintentional. But why did you let yourself, or why did you let, allow yourself to become so coarsened that God's will is not sensed automatically in your soul. So, but, but that's so what he's proving for me, that even unintentional sins is an indication that things are not the way they should. Intentional sins for sure are an indication that there is a complete breakdown in one's spiritual self. So then the question is, how can we still be called Yisrael? How can someone who's on the level of Yisrael have a problem with Avonos? If you would tell me Shuvah Yaakov, no. Yaakov refers to all the Jews, even the ones that are not so, so perfect. So then you can say, but Yisrael is the, is the top, uh, you know, the top, uh, the top bracket. <laughs> the tzaddikim, the great people. They're called Yisrael. The head, Yisrael, has the word Rosh in it. So how can it be kikashalta bavonecha? Even kikashalta bachatosecha would be a, a problem. Definitely kikashalta baavonecha. Doesn't make any sense. Rashi says that even a shogeg needs atonement. And the reason is because of the, if, what we mentioned earlier. That ha, if we are sensitive to the degree of sensitivity that we should be, we shouldn't even be able to do unintentional sins. Comes out that even a shogig is not shayach by a Yisrael, even an unintentional. Definitely not an intentional sin. 
So why does it say Shuva Yisrael? And why doesn't it say Shuva Yaakov? Take with yourself words. Since it's already in the beginning of the Pasik, Shuva Yisrael, do Shuva. So that, that means already the full package. Because Shuva means doing Shuva and whatever Shuva entails. And Shuva entails confession. We know the basic Yom Kippur is the day we do Shuva, and that's why. We spend quite a bit of time in Yom Kippur doing confession, because confession is very much an integral part of tshuva. So why does the Pasuk have to enumerate specifically and take with yourself words, which, are, which simply means words of confession? We've already gotten that in the word tshuva Yisrael. In other words, why is the dvarim adding? That's the question. It has to add something more. It can't just be just, as he says, It means a good tshuva. A tshuva that suffices, a complete tshuva. And since it's a positive commandment to confess when we do tshuva, so tshuva Yisrael includes also confession. Even though the main tshuva is in the heart. The main element of tshuva is a change of heart. A strong contrition for the things we did that were not right and a very strong resolve to change. That's what tshuva is. Yet, it needs to make its way into our speech. It's not enough that you have feel it in your heart, you have to verbalize it. Vidoy and confession is also primary to tshuva. So what is adding when the Pasuk says, Shuvah Yisrael, because you stumbled in your sins, take with yourself words, what is this adding over the complete tshuva that we already mentioned earlier? We should say to him, forgive all sin. Since you did tshuva already, so for sure you were forgiven already. The Rebbe is asking a simple question. Tshuva results in forgiveness. That's a absolute given. There's no such a thing as doing tshuva and not being forgiven. It literally is an absolute rule that when you do tshuva, you're forgiven. And if you're not forgiven, you didn't do tshuva enough. But if you're doing tshuva, you're forgiven. And as much as the tshuva is tshuva, there's forgiveness. So then why do we still have to ask more? Say to him, please forgive our sins. You did tshuva. Fine, fartik. What do you still have to say afterwards? The Pasuk seems to imply, after you did tshuva, in addition to that, take with yourself words and say to him, kol tisa'ava, and you should, you should forgive the sin. It's already done. It's forgiven already. It's unnecessary. And what's the point over here of adding that on? It says afterwards, that my lips should be instead of oxen, bulls. So it would seem like the way the Hasidus understands it is that these psukim are speaking on levels. We're starting with lower levels and we're going higher and higher and higher. And the highest is that our lips should be considered like bulls, like karbanes. So that's what he wants to know. What is that all about? Until we come to the peak, 
Our lips will be considered like bulls. Well, what's the meaning of that? After we're done everything, and when after you've done everything, what do you reach? What do you attain? Our lips should be like bull, bringing bulls. Which seems to be very bedieved, because it's it's saying that at least except our word should be like we would offer the the the, the sacrifices that we should offer, but we can't because there's no base on mingdash. So kind of consider it. It's a little like, eh, because it's anyway not the real deal. It's something we should be considered like. Is this like, this is the build-up. You're finally getting to like, bang, the climax of the tshuva, like the climax of the tikkun. And that's what you're left with. And Shama Parim Sifaseinu. Ma? Ba'en So the idea is that there must be something much deeper here. And the idea is as follows. In the clawless Indian Achuvu, Indian Diluk. The whole general idea of Chuva is leaping. Chuva is a leap. In other words, there's, there's the idea of gradual growing in our, in our spiritual life. Just like we should be growing in everything, especially in, spir- in our spiritual, in our connection to God. So we have to grow. There's the ordinary day-to-day growth, a very a very organized Order, you know, uh, piece by piece type of a growth and the Masudadiga growth. And then there is a concept, and then there is this radical. Truth is radical. And because truth is radical, it causes a person to go very quickly from a very dark place to a very high place. And that's why it's called a leap. Like you're taking a, a leap, it's like a one time bang. Like it's explained in the Sikhs. It's beyond and above the entire chain like progression of general ascent, which exists on two levels. There is an ascent of climbing up a ladder, growing. And from Hashem's perspective, from Hashem's connection to us, He also lowers Himself down also in a gradual descent. But Shuva does not. Tshuva is not registering or not um, triggering any of these limited projections of the divine because Tshuva is this atomic energy. So it's an energy beyond the entire system. That's the point. Um, now this idea that Tshuva is a leap is also seen from the fact that Tshuva is not something that takes time. Tshuva is not a, 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 you can say, oh, tshuva is an instant. All, all, the, all the, the time we spend Yom Kippur and Shul and all this Aserisimei Tshuva and all that, it's not really because tshuva takes time. It's hopefully to peel away the, the outer layers until you find that point. But when you find that point, it's, it's, it's a second. Yeah, yeah, but that's all, that's all like kind of cleaning up a little bit, making you find that. It's the point. Tshuva is an energy, a transcendental energy from the place in you that's not within time and space. And therefore it doesn't take time. The Zohar says, Tshuva is b'shay techada b'rigachada. In one turn and in one second, in one instant. Things that are part of the part of the Gradual climb takes time. Gradual climb takes time. 
because you're going from level to level to level to level, and that's that's a time type. And to attain something even higher, depending what you want to attain, certain attainments, spiritual attainments, um, to 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 climb up to a certain spiritual level, it takes less time because it's not such a high level, and if you want to climb somewhere really high, it can take a very long time. It could take weeks, months, years, decades for a person to attain really, really high levels. The higher it is, the longer time it takes because you need more preparations. You need more exercises to get there. Uh, for example, Chazal say regarding even just to know your mind of your teacher. It takes 40 years. 40 years it takes you to, 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 that your mind can kind of like say, I, I've gotten my teacher. Because the mind of a teacher is much higher than the mind of the student. So it took the Jewish people in the wilderness 40 years to be able to attain, to get, to get Moshe. That's what it took. It took them 40 years. Because Moshe is very lofty. So even though they were very great people, until they reached 40 years of studying him, learning from him and absorbing him, they didn't get it. So that's a long period. Because the teacher's mind is so high, you need a long time. But tshuva is not that way. Even though tshuva takes you to the highest peaks, it takes place in a split second. Because as we said earlier, tshuva is atomic energy. It's atomic energy. If you want to chisel away at a mountain to make a tunnel, um, you know, you chisel, 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 come back 20, 30 years later, they're still chiseling. But you put a, but then you put a few dynamite sticks and you put it over there in Gigang and in one second blast it through, the whole thing is done. That's the difference of Chuva. Chuva is dynamite sticks. It's a whole different realm. You're not sitting there with a pick and a chisel and a banging. You're unleashing something so intense and so powerful. That has no. That has no. It's not. It's not. It's not working within time and space. It's in a manner of leaping. And it, therefore, it's not gradual. It's not step by step. And the tshuva, the, the, the leap of tshuva, is not going unexpectedly high from being on a lower spiritual level to going unexpectedly high. No, it's coming from. It's coming, the idea of tshuva is to come from a place that's not even a spiritual level at all. It's the opposite. A very dark, you know, a very dark, ungodly place. It's not you're in a low level and you're going up to a higher level, but even the low level is still a level. Tshuva is a radical change coming from a place of klipa and of sometimes even extreme klipa and breaking out not all, it's not um, it's truth is not just that it's an incomparable leap like we find in holiness sometimes we take leaps sometimes we walk sometimes we leap but it's all within holy Chuva is even beyond that and tshuva, one is coming from a place 
of divine concealment, a place of darkness from there. This is even by regular tshuva. In the beginning of the tshuva, one was on the other side. And in one instant, the person becomes a bal tshuva. That's even regular tshuva. Even, even if the motivation is not the deepest love for God, just whatever the motivation is, one is able to come from a very low place to a very high place very fast. Especially if the motivation is the pintaliyid that suddenly, if the motivation is that inner uh, fire of the soul, the, the, the neshama bursts open and it's love to God, it's, 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 it's inseparable, you know, the, the, the spark of the soul that cannot separate from Hashem, when it's finally triggered and it realizes how God forbid how separated it is, and it and it and it and it uh, it 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 um, it bursts open, for sure. The transformation is so powerful and so strong, and everything, everything. A person can come from the pits of darkness in one minute into the peaks of holiness. The intentional sins become merit, even the intentional sins. Yeah, everything. Even it becomes a merit. One is going One is going from the lowest, lowest possible place because intentional sins means your person is literally is, 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 is stuck in the worst klipa, in the worst darkness. And when they turn it into merits, it's mitzvahs, it's godly. In the beginning, the person didn't only have sins, which are blockages and the like, but they had intentional sins, zedonos, which is which is the lowest point possible in terms of disconnect from God. The Alter Rebbe explains in Tanya how even the creepy crawly stuff and mosquitoes and gnats and all these stuff that are really, really annoyances and they really are unholy because there's nothing to them that is positive like and yet they're closer to God than the sinner. Because they're not violating God's wishes. They're not off God's radar. They're doing what Hashem created them to do. To be a mosquito and poke people and annoy people. So even though it's not high on God's agenda of like things that he likes, the mosquitoes are very, very at the end, 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 end. But they're still, they're still following instructions. The only, the biggest disconnect possible is when someone is going off the radar and going against God's will and doing what God told them not to do. That's why he says the human sinner is the lowest possible entity. So now the person, if they're doing tshuva, they're coming from the lowest, lowest, especially if it's intentional, come on. So it can't be lower than that. And yet when they do tshuva, it becomes merits. Not just they're forgiven. It becomes a merit. So it becomes like a mitzvah. Which, what's a mitzvah? A mitzvah is the highest, deepest attachment to God. Oh, yeah, yeah, but where are you starting off? You're right. Once you're doing tshuva, you're Yisrael. But here the Navi is calling to the people to do tshuva before they do tshuva. Okay, that's a different story. But right now, we'll be past this. And, and now he even adds more. <laughs> Once they become merits, they're not just diamonds. They are the most brilliant diamonds. They're far more brilliant than the, than the mitzvahs. Because when a sin becomes a diamond, it becomes, wow, 
through tshuva. So by the tshuva nasam kezachi is to become like merits. Shezachi is elu. These merits hanasim is idoinos that come from the sins. Hemnailim yoiser. They're much greater. Gam mischuyes hatzadikim. Greater than the merits of the tzadikim. So you go, the person is going instantly from the lowest to the highest. And that's tshuva. Tshuva is radical. Tshuva is crazy. Now it is known what, to say, what the Alter Rebbe says. That the Chazal say, Mesechtes Brachas, I think it is. Yeah. That Tachlis Chachma, the, the um, purpose, the end purpose of wisdom, that means of Torah learning, is that it should lead a person to do tshuva and maisim toivim and good deeds. So the Alter Rebbe is, is, it wants to know why does it say tshuva and then maisim toivim? It should say tachlis chachma, the tachlis of chachma, maisim toivim, good deeds. Because we know it's not good when a person knows a lot but doesn't do. Right? You're supposed to take whatever, you're supposed to internalize what you learn and then make it part of your life. So you're doing good deeds. So it should say the opposite. Tachlis chachma, maisim tovim. And if there are certain things that are not so maisim tovim, if chas v'shal, so then tshuva. So tachlis chachma should have been maisim tovim u'tshuva. Right? It, it, it makes more sense. In other words, the, the pro, the, what's the point of study? You learn, you're beginning, you're, you know, you're signing up to yeshiva the first day, first day, you're showing up for the first time, yeshiva, you're signing up. What should be your goal? Your goal should be not just to have a lot of knowledge, to become a library. You should be a good Jew. That's what you want to do. You want to be able to serve God. You want to be to serve God. How do you serve God? By doing what God wants. The wisdom and the knowledge is going to help you know what to do. Now, we understand that the human being also has Yetzahara. So maybe even if they learn and they know a lot, they might still still do some things that are not right. So Tachlis Chachma is my symptom. And also, when necessary, Tshuva. But it doesn't say that. The Gemara says Tachlis Chachma, Tshuva, or my symptom. Tshuva first. So the Alter Rebbe says, why? So the Alter Rebbe explains, no, no, no. The Tachlis of Chachma is not just my symptom. It's Tafka the Maisim Tovim that comes after Tshuva. We're not just talking about two separate things, Maisim Tovim, good deeds, and Tshuva. We're talking about the Tachlis of Chachma is to lead you to a state where you're doing Tshuva, and only then is the Maisim Tovim that you're doing going to be really Maisim Tovim. What does that mean? So Maisim Tovim doesn't mean mitzvahs per se. It does, but not per se. Because just maisim is also already mitzvahs. Because anything that's not a mitzvah doesn't deserve to be called maisim. Well, 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 well maisim, well, what do you do? Well, what's, what's, what, what did you do, maisim? Well, what's the deed? A deed is a deed that has a chashivas. It's a, it's a deed. I did something. So the fact that you're adding the word tovim to the maisim means it's not just a mitzvah. It means a luminous mitzvah. Tov is light. Vayar ki tov. God saw that light is good. 
Yeah. So the, the deeds that are light are good deeds means not only are you doing mitzvahs, but they're shining mitzvahs. They're brilliant mitzvahs. And the only way mitzvahs are brilliant is if you precede the mitzvahs with tshuva. When you do tshuva first, then you have a soul on fire. And there's a certain purity and a certain energy that pours into the mitzvahs. And they make that the mitzvahs that you would do otherwise anyways, but now they're being done with a whole different different uh, thing, and that's what's making these mitzvahs shine. And that's the idea of ma'isim toiv. As he explains, <laughs> the reason why he puts tshuva before ma'isim toiv. When you first do tshuva, the, the ma'isim, the actions, are, are good and they're luminous. Because the avod of tshuva, payeles gamba avoided the Torah mitzvahs. We think that the tshuva is necessary. See what mostly in our minds, what's the thought? The conventional understanding is tshuva is for the bad stuff. That's the conventional understanding. All the misdeeds that we did for that, the sins that we do, we, that we do tshuva for. But that's, eh, of course, the, the bad stuff. You, know. you need me to tell me you need to do tshuva? Of course you need to do tshuva. I mean, it, it's very special that you can take the bad stuff and make them brilliant. That's awesome. But the main chiddush of tshuva really is that we're supposed to do tshuva for the good stuff. That the good should become godly. It should become so much greater. And we should focus most of our tshuva, not just on repairing the things that we do that are bad, how can we do the things that we're doing with so much more light and so much more beauty and so much more energy? That's where the real tshuva should go. I think most people waste so much time just on, on fighting the bad stuff as opposed to recognize that's not really where the tshuva should go. The tshuva should go into you know, how the things that we're doing that are good, but let's really do them with fully being present and fully mindful and fully energized in it, with simcha, with fire, with, 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 with mindfulness that this is that this is a God's mitzvah and so on and so forth. That's the real tshuva. Taking all that you've, everything that's good in your life and giving them that extra brilliance, giving them that extra polish, giving them that extra shine. Like the famous story of the Alter Rebbe who sent to the Meshulach. The Alter Rebbe sent to a chassid of his um, um, uh, uh, Meshulach to ask him for his uh, money for Eretz Yisrael and the beautiful, one of the most beautiful stories. And this chassid was a very, very high-level businessman, and he used to give a lot of money. But then I think when it came out that he became a chassid, and the people, his people didn't, so some people stopped doing business with him. He was excommunicated. So basically, his businesses went down in the red rain. I think that's related. And therefore, when the Alter Rebbe sent the Meshulach to come get money, he felt terrible because he couldn't do it. He, he couldn't fulfill his obligation. He used to give. And he, and, he was, and he felt terrible. He was crying. And he's like his, his wife saw that he was in distraught. So his wife asked him, and he said, the Alter Rebbe asked that for money, and we don't have. And he didn't want to give an excuse. That wasn't what he did. So his wife said, no problem. She took her, her jewelry and her Shabbos candles and everything, and she went and she sold it. And she took the money, and when she came back with the money, she said, here, take it. But what she did before that was because she was so excited about it, she took all the coins and she sat an entire day and she was scrubbing them and scrubbing them and scrubbing them and scrubbing them and scrubbing them until they were like the shiniest polished coins. And when this chassid, and when the, and when the, and when the, and when the, I don't know, the chassid came to the Alter Rebbe 
and he brought these coins, the Alter Rebbe was like looking at them, and he right away was like, Phew. <laughs> and he said, he was talking about the kiar, was what the women donated from their mirrors. And he was saying how that, that was the shiniest thing in the Beis Amigdash. So the Alter Rebbe was talking about the, uh, the brilliance of the coins of this woman. And anyways, he brought him a big bracha, and the guy did amazingly well. Um, but uh, it was all because of his wife's polishing of the coin. That's the idea of polishing the mitzvah. You can give tzedakah, but when you take the tzedakah and you take those coins and you put, so she made it, she did it in the literal sense that the maizim, the action should be toivim. It should be brilliant. Even the physical, even the physical eye can see its brilliance. But even if we're not necessarily doing that directly, but when we're adding much more vitality and energy to a mitzvah, which comes at it as a result of tshuva. What's tshuva? Tshuva is the burning desire to get close to God. That's the idea of tshuva. You want to get close. So that, that translates into Torah and mitzvahs. It infuses a whole new energy and a whole new vitality that the mitzvahs are alive. The mitzvahs are, 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 are... You can feel energy pulsating in the mitzvahs as opposed to it being just dry mechanical. That's the point. So... Uh, um, now, since tshuva means leaping, like we spoke earlier, it's a leap. So this affects. This affects after you do tshuva. It radically changes even your non-tshuva. What tshuva is supposed to do, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, is it's supposed to like radically change Cheshvan and Kislev and Tevis. I mean, when you're not doing, you're not in the tshuva mode. Where the tshuva mode is the period of tshuva mode. But the, what we're doing afterwards should be radically changed. Why? Because the energy of tshuva goes into these mitzvahs. And it makes that these mitzvahs are also suddenly elevated to a... The mitzvahs take a leap as well. All the Torah and all the mitzvahs that are done. It's like an... So, gam ba'avoyed Torah and mitzvahs, va'ad ba'avoyed It impacts the person so thoroughly even the Torah and the mitzvahs, but even more. Even when you're doing things that are not Torah and mitzvahs. Which is the daily activities. Every daily activity should be L'Shem Shemayim. And, and, and even that, that the things that we do L'Shem Shemayim, which mundane things that we're doing, should also be done with an excitement. Because you're doing it for God's sake. So it is supposed to affect you completely. Tshuva is not supposed to be just you know, laser surgery. Shuvah is supposed to be a, an infusion of life and energy to the entire human being. You're a complete different person. You're operating with a whole different energy. That even that vod of doing everyday things should be beyond order. Meaning beyond, you know, limit limits. Everything should be like, wow. Like so I just heard a story but there were two Kotzker Chassidim, Gera, uh, Kotzker Chassidim. And they were, uh, they used to sit and learn the whole day. Two guys, they learn, daven, whatever. They were big oivdim. So someone was once standing next to them, was Yom Kippur, Erev Yom Kippur. And they, whatever, they ate the Sudhism of Sekhus, came back and they were learning. At a certain point, one person says to the other, No, what do you think? It's time to daven Maidiv. So someone was overhearing their conversation. It's so strange. Who says Yom Kippur by night? Oh, it says it's time to... On a Tuesday, you say, on a regular Tuesday, you say, oh, time to go down the mind. 
There's Kol Nidre. It's time to go to Kol Nidre. So the one says, what do you think, Yankel? It's like, okay, if you put it in a God, it's Kol Nidre. Okay. He thought these guys are a little frustrated. Then it came a half a year later. It was Pesach time. And he happens to be sitting next to these two fellows as well. And they were also learning on Erev Pesach. And then one says to the other, no, you think it's time to go home and uh, eat dinner? It's a seder. <laughs> he said, you know, okay. Time for dinner. So he couldn't control himself. And he said, who's with you? So he says, by us, every of is called today. And by us, every dinner is a seder. Talk about kol That's what they learned in Kotsk. Is that is that is that is that, is that a, a regular of is kol nidre, and a regular and a regular dinner is the seder, is the seder night. And if you have the mindfulness to recognize that if you sit down with a little chicken and rice and uh, fry at night, it's 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 the same God that like by the seder. It's just that. <laughs> so if yeah. So the Rebbe is saying that even even the avoid of l'shem shamayim kolim asachli l'shem shamayim is on a whole different level after you do tshuva, because your entire consciousness is is in a you're, you know you're a met- metamorphosized person. That's the point. A whole complete different being. Um, this idea of how Torah and mitzvahs can be impacted by tshuva, it will be is is explained. He says based on what it says in the Mimer of the Rebbe Rashab, that before limud Torah, the Torah needs to be preceded. The Torah study needs to be preceded. If it should be real real Torah study, it has to be preceded by bittel. like we say, we say it every day in davening. Three times a day, in the in the addition to Shmon Esrei, Elokai Netzar. What do we say? We say V'nafshi Ka'afar Lakol Tia. My soul should be like dust to everybody. P'sach Libi B'sorosecha. Open up my heart in your Torah. So before we say open my heart in the Torah, say we say what introduction. We should be like dust. What does that mean? Ego doesn't work well with Torah. So when a person has a crushed heart and feels very small, like literally like dirt, then when you learn Torah, wow. So, um, then, you, then the heart opens up in Torah. And then one's conception and conceiving of ideas are on a whole different level. Because God is really present in that Torah. Because Hashem doesn't rest where there is haughtiness. But Hashem does rest where there's a broken heart. So what do you see from here? What he's just trying to prove is that Torah and mitzvahs also need preparation. Just because something is holy and godly and good on its own doesn't mean it's okay. Meaning as is, it needs. So tshuva, which, which, what's tshuva? Tshuva which is, it brings the broken heart, which is bittal. And that, so that enhances the regular. See, we have to, what, 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 the, the point that he's making over here is that there's two in Yana. There is tshuva where tshuva is tshuva. And that's what we're going to do in Yom Kippur. We're going to stand in shul 
24 hours doing tshuva. Shabbos tshuva this week, we should spend time doing tshuva. But that's focused on tshuva. But then the question is, how does the tshuva um, impact the other areas of our being that are not directly the tshuva? So he's saying they're very much impacted. And tshuva has a huge impact on the Torah and on the mitzvahs and so on and so forth. So that he's proving that. See the idea that limudat Torah, for it to be the way it should be, it requires bittel. Bittel before learning makes you have, makes you, makes, gives you siyata deshmaya. It gives you the right assistance from above to come to the right conclusions. Because sometimes people can come up with crooked ideas, which are not Torah. They think it's Torah, it's not Torah. It should be a real Torah thought. It has to be come from a, from a pure heart. And the pure heart comes from um, and even more we find in Torah study itself we find this is, this is a general preparation for Torah. A general preparation for Torah is that before you learn you need to have a you need, a, you need to have bittel. That's why we daven in the morning before we study Torah. To bring a bittel into the person so that the Torah should be Torah. But there's another thing. In Torah itself, moving from level to level to level, there needs to be bittel in between each level. That's why we find that Reb Zera, who used to study Torah in, in Bavel, Reb Zera used to, was a Babylonian, studied Torah in Bavel, and at a certain time he decided to make Aliyah, and go learn Torah in the yeshivas of, Is- of Eretz Yisrael. And he felt that the Torah that he learned till now was not a preparation. It was actually a distraction. So he, pray- he prayed and he fasted a hundred fasts. It's a lot. Because he realized in a hundred is 54, 59, 72. You know, <laughs> it's a whole new fast. You say it's very easy to say a hundred, but the fast actually a hundred. We fasted today and it was uh, pretty mi- uh, whatever. I say miserable, no, not that miserable, but not that happy. A uh, hundred fast, extra fast. What was his fasting? It was a means of prayer that Hashem should wipe his hard drive clean, so he should forget everything he learned, <laughs> so that he should be ready for the Torah of Eretz Yisrael. So you see the same idea that in Torah itself there has to be bittel to make the Torah be. Right? He fasted a hundred fasts. To forget the Babylonian Talmud. To be able to learn Jerusalem Talmud. And the same is also in the fulfillment of mitzvahs. He showed it by Torah. Now he's going to show it by mitzvahs. Also the same thing. That there has to be an infusion of leaping energy. Limitless energy. Why? It says, love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Here you see it. What's the love God with all your heart and all your soul? What's the point of it? The point of the love is to motivate mitzvahs. Like we say right away, right after what do we say? You'll learn Torah, that motivates you, and then you'll put on tefillin, and you'll put on mezuzah, and all that, which represents all the mitzvahs are compared to tefillin. So basically, we're talking about, this is the core Jew, this is the motivation that motivates you. Yet, when we say you should love God, 
What kind of love? What's wrong with loving God with all your heart and all your soul? That's not enough. Say, no, no, no. With all your might, which means actually with a limitless love. All your might means with an endless love. You should be crazy. That's the thing. You should be going literally into a state of madness. And, and then your mitzvahs are going to be the, the right mitzvahs. Uh, because the first two loves, the love of all your heart and all your soul, if it can fit into your soul, it has a limit. It can fit into your heart, for sure it has a limit. It, it, yeah, but ma'odecha is believable, infinite. It's beyond you. It's like you're driven by a, by a force that's bigger than you, and it's carrying you. And then there's... without an end. It's beyond all limitations and all boundaries. And when you do mitzvahs like that, with Bechol Ma'otcha, these mitzvahs are hitting, hitting, are hitting up their places that are way beyond what a regular mitzvah accomplishes. It's like it's not even close. The mitzvah that's being done from a heart that's channeling Bechol Ma'otcha is it's exponentially greater than the mitzvah that's just being driven by b'chol levavcha or b'chol mavshcha, which is also pretty awesome, let alone a mitzvah that's just being done mechanically and robotically because you're kind of used to it, you know? It's, it's, a whole different, it's a whole different thing. Because we know that when we have the love of b'chol ma'otcha, it's considered doing the will of our Creator. Osen ritzayne shalmaka. And we know, because Chazal say that there are times that we do the will of our Creator and times that we don't. Oh, Chazal ask a question. Not Chazal. The Magid asks a question. We can say the Magid is also Chazal. The Mizritcher Magid asks a question. No. I know it's right, I'm saying Chazal, because they first asked, Chazal first asked a question, and they give an answer, and the Mizritcher Magad asks a question on the Chazal, and he clarifies. So what they say is like this. In Vahoyim Shemoyah it says, if you listen to God, if you listen to Hashem, He'll give you all the blessings. I'll give you rain, and, uh, and then, you're going to be able to gather all your, your crops. You're going to do well. It's going to be a bracha, a bountiful bracha. So the sages say, hold it. If you're already listening to God, why, do, why then are we, are we going to have to do the work? Don't we know there are certain prophecies that say that when we do Hashem's will, then, the, then foreigners will come and do our lab, be our laborers, and Yidin will be able to sit and learn Torah all day? That's what we know in the days of Mashiach. Yidin won't have to do any work. So, that's the question. Um, so, so, again, so this... So what does it mean? Uh, that's a question that the sages ask, a contradiction. Here it says that when you're doing God's will, he'll, he'll, he'll give you a whole bunch of things and, you'll, and you'll, have, you'll be able to do your work. But you'll, do, you'll be very successful. In other places it says, and, 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 and foreigners will come, strangers will come, and they'll do your work. So the sages answer as follows. When it says others will do your work is when you're doing the will of God. But when you're not doing then you have to do the work itself. So the Maggot says, huh? The Pasuk says, if you're going to listen. 
and you're going to serve Hashem b'chol levavchem b'chol nafshechem. And that's on that he is saying you're going to get these blessings v'asafta diganecha. You're going to gather your grain. So how can you call that ein oisem ritzayne shalmakam? You're not doing the will of the Creator. Of course, you're doing the will of the Creator. That's why he's giving you these blessings v'nasati mitarar Later in Vahoyim Shemaya, it says what happens when you don't listen. If you don't listen, then God will get a- angry at you. And a whole list. But the beginning of Vahoyim Shemaya is talking to the Jews that are listening. So how can we say about that? That that's called when we're not doing the will of the Creator. It's a powerful question that Ms. Richard Magid asks. And his answer is, of course we're doing everything right. We're not even, not only are we doing everything right, but we're actually doing it with motivation. We're doing it with excitement. But, he says, there's one thing that's lacking in Vahoyam Shemaya. If you look at the Psukim, you see there's one thing that's not mentioned there. It says, Vahoyam Shemaya Tishbalan. But hold it by Vahafta, it says, here it doesn't say bechol modech. It says bechol levavchem, bechol nafshechem. So the Maggid says that's it. That's why it's called you're not doing the will of your Creator, because it's not bechol modech. Even though there's motivation, there's a heart and there is a soul, but it's not infinite. It's not limitless. It's only when you're basically when you're crazy in your Judaism. That's called beyond. That's it goes beyond all calculations. There's this drive. It's like when people are crazy about something. They do things that others look at like, you know, come on, relax. <laughs> but no, they don't stop. Why? Because you, you're crazy about it. It's a good craziness. And only then is it called Oysen Ritzayne Shel And then others will do your will. Others will do your work. If you're serving Hashem, but it's calculated, and it's with a limit, and it's with a measure, and you know, that I've done enough, and you're kind of, then they will give you also, but then, then you have to do the work yourself. Yeah, more ruchnis connected to that. Kedia Torah Sarava Magid, Haynu Sheu Oisas Arah. Because it, and the Magid explains, and when you do on this high level, then Oisin Ritzayne Shal Makom, you cause God to have a will. Oisin Ritzayne Shal Makom doesn't only listen to, that you listen to Hashem, but Oisin Ritzayne you make His will, you create His will. Umezeh moving so for this understood Shul Amayla be'in Aruch Mekim Amitzvah Stam. Oisin Ritzayne. You make him have a will. You, you're making him a will. Uh, from this it's understood that this kind of observance is much higher than regular mitzvahs. It's so high. The kima mitzvah stam. Ah, that's the point. When you're making a will means you're actually creating Hashem's desire in the mitzvah. In other words, what that means is that Hashem falls in love with the mitzvah all over again. When a Jew is crazy about the mitzvah, then the Jew evokes and elicits a whole new desire that God wants tefillin like he never desired tefillin before. Or God wants tzedakah like he never wanted it before. Or he enjoys and he wants sukkah like he never wanted it before. So well, the point is, that's the point. Regular mitzvahs is Hashem has a desire already. You're just, you're just now fulfilling the desire. You're keeping the desire, but you're not making the desire. But when our excitement in fulfilling His will is so intense, so we're like begging him to want something. (laughs) 
So then he, and then he really wants, because he sees how much we want him to want something from us. So when he wants, it's a whole new want. So God is, a, and that's the real meaning. You, it's one thing to, so every day it starts off like this. Hashem wants you to do mitzvahs. Hashem wants you to do this. And there's a whole list, a whole recipe of wants. And we can just respond to that want. Or we can create not just, but then we're just doing the mitzvah. We're doing the commandment. But here's the thing, we can create the commander's commandment as well. That, that's, that's really doing mitzvahs. That's being in such a tight connection to Hashem that you're actually, you're the one making the will every day. It's bringing forth a whole new will in the will. It's crazy. That's called doing mitzvahs. I thought about that. You're doing the mitzvah, you're actually creating the, not just the fulfillment of the will, you're creating the will as well. And that's the meaning what the sages say, oisin ritzayna, you make him have a will. It says, the kiyam a mitzvah stam, the regular doing of mitzvahs, hu shekavar yeshne aratzon. There is already a will. Va'adam urak mekayim es aratzon. The person is only fulfilling the ratzon. Ma'ashenkim avadu b'choma otcha, when you have a love of Bechoma Otcha, which is madness, as we spoke earlier, who said it's Sainishal Makam, you make Hashem have the will. The Inyan said the Bechoma Otcha Tzarechlius Loirak be Inyan the Kima Mitzvahs. Now, this idea of Bechoma Otcha that's so powerful is not, shouldn't only be in the fulfillment of Mitzvahs, Elegamba Avoid the Choma Sechel Shem Shemayim. Even when it comes to serving Hashem where it's not a mitzvah. Mundane things. But since that too should be for God's sake, so even over there you should bring in this mad love. Even in the most, and everything in love. Obviously, this is a person very, very, very enthralled and infused with godliness. Should I eat oit pirish And what's the proof? That Bechoma Otchas is not only supposed to energize mitzvahs, but it's supposed to energize your entire day. How do you see? Because there's another pirish in the word Bechoma Odecha. Another pirish. What's the other, what's the other pirish? Bechoma Odecha means in all your money. So now we take the two pirushim and put it together. One with all your might and one with all your money. That means... Your money means everything you do. Yeah. Working for a living, or whatever, whatever, yeah. It's to connect it. Even with all your money and all activities that you do to earn money, which means all your actions, that in the in, in the elements of money, it, the, the, the person should be 24-7 in a state of not only with all your heart and not only with all your soul, but even with all your might. Which means beyond limits. Oh. So what do we see from here? We're, we're, we're taking it all back to tshuva. Tshuva is the essence of this powerful leap, of this powerful dynamite of this powerful, you know, atomic energy of the, of, of, of the, the, the love to God that's bursting, that's, 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 that, that explodes. 
Tshuva is the essence. Now we're learning now that it's that tshuva influences also all the other aspects, Torah and mitzvahs, and they are immeasurably enhanced when they come after tshuva and because of tshuva. But he says, This leap that happens that's not orderly in Torah and mitzvahs, or when you're doing all your deeds, it's that, that over there, it means that in holiness itself, you're scoring and you're shooting things up much higher. Usually it would be at this level, and now it's like way above. The Chiddush of Tshuva, what Tshuva has and, 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 and this doesn't have, Tshuva itself, is that tshuva, you're coming from extreme darkness to a place of light. That's unique in tshuva. Which is very novel in tshuva, that you can, yesterday or a moment before, a person could be deeply entrenched in the sitra achra. Deeply, deeply, God forbid, um, fully um, sunk, or 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 um, stuck in in, in, in in steeped steeped in 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 in, in, in who knows what, and then and, and then in seconds a total transformation. The tshuva uniqueness is that you're coming from the lowest possible rung, not even a rung, from the lowest possible place, lowest possible pit, to the highest peaks. Kaniskali, as we said earlier. Okay. Now the power to be able to do tshuva. What empowers us to make such a leap? So you were saying earlier, why does he say tshuva Yisrael? Because obviously once you take such a leap, you can't call a person Yaakov anymore. He's already Yisrael. You're right. But I was telling you that what? That he, but, but he's calling out to the person before he does tshuva. So therefore he should say, Shuvah Yaakov. And a minute later you can call him Yisrael already. But the actual calling out to the person is to the Yaakov person because the person is still, as we spoke earlier, in a very dark place. But if here he's saying the Pirush is because the koach you have to do Shuvah is because of the Yisrael that's inside of you. That's what he's saying. In other words, where do you have the koach to be able to unleash such energy and such a love to God is because that's your true identity as a Yid. That's who you really are. All we're really asking for is just to realize that you have it all. Every yid has this. This is the this is the Yiddish neshama. This ability to make this massive leap. This is from Yisrael in you. Now, even though you might say, "Hold it," we're talking over here a limitless power. So how can we attribute that to Yisrael? Yisrael, notwithstanding how high it is, still indicates a certain level. Why? Because the, the words Yisrael stands for li rosh, ahead. To me, ahead. But ahead is very, very, very lofty and very, 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 very high, but it's still part of the body. If it's part of the body means it has a certain... But in the Pirush over here of Li Rosh, by fact that we're calling it Rosh, 
which makes an avishaychus to the body, puts seems to be certain boundaries on it. And how can we then say that the source of inspiration that drives such tshuva is from the fact that we are Yisrael? So he's going to deal with that. It has a connection to the head and it has a connection to the feet. If Yisrael would just be Rosh, you're right, that would, that, that would put some boundaries on it. But it's Lirosh, to me, the head. And what that means is that the head is, 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 is in a state of complete attachment to me and surrender to me. And in that fact that the head is in a state of attachment and surrender to Hashem, the head itself is 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 beyond being a head. It's it's the roish who li bottle elav. It's bottle Hashem. Kapashtes aloshin ve'inyan desaris or shurar mezachnu mochama. Umetzad b'chinezu yachalios inyan adiluk shalamayla umedida. And because of this, it, it's it's able to to leap beyond boundaries. That's why the call for tshuva is not to Yaakov, it's to Yisrael. The power for tshuva, for doing tshuva, it's the Yisrael inside of us that give us that koyach for this, for this leap. And since this, every, every Jew has this, this is not shaykh to undo, this is our essence. See, if this would be something you acquire or you attain, you could say some people have it, some people don't. But it's not an attainment, it's not acquired. It's if you pull away all the other layers, if you pull away all the cover-ups and you get to the rock bottom of the soul, or the bare bones, to the skeleton of the soul, this is what you're going to find. This is the soul at its core. That means it's therefore chaychus to everybody. Understand? Well, the essence is the essence. <laughs> If something is the core DNA of something, then you have to fall back to it eventually. It's there. It's who you are, what you are. So chayach to every single person. It's just it, it's blocked. So we have to, we have to unblock. Is it, and it's chayach to everybody. Gam even to the person who's nebuch right now in a very unhealthy spiritual state. Even the person who is, who are we telling to, to wake up the Yisrael inside of him. Who? The person who's kikashalta bavaynecha, the person who stumbled, not just in unintentional sins, but the person who did sins, knowing full hand that this is wrong, and yet chose to transgress God's commandment. That means the person is in a very, very pathetic spiritual state. And yet, what are we saying? Your essence is Yisrael. We just have to call you back to your essence. And what Chazal say, Yisrael afal pi shechata, a Jew, even if he sins, Yisraelu. You can't, you can't sin out your your soul. You can't, because sin is always considered an attachment, uh, uh, a growth on top. It doesn't, it can't destroy the. It can't, so therefore, the essence remains the essence. <laughs> the Rebbe says, and it's so powerful, this Yisrael, that it's by everybody. It's there even by this person, Shuhu Dugmas, who's compared, Mimisha Memenu Loimdim Yisrael, Afa Yisrael. 
even to such a person that who is the who is the example from who we learn out that a Yisrael, Afa Pishachata Yisrael. There is someone we learned this out from, and that person was a massive sinner. I'm trying to remember who this is. Doesn't the Rebbe doesn't say who? He doesn't want to say who. He says the Gemara derives Yisrael Afa Pishachata from somebody. So the Rebbe says that means even people who are like that individual, even by them we say Yisrael Afa Pishachata Yisrael. That means that. That's why every single yid has this power for tshuva. And what, because you have a point in your neshama, which is the Yisrael, that, that has that infinite bond to God, and it can release its energy, it can help even the person who is at currently on the level, not of Yisrael, he's in the currently his or her life and expression is in the level of Yaakov, which is a struggling Jew, which is a Jew in darkness, which is a Jew who's, who's battling demons and all kinds of dark stuff. And even they now have what to work with or know, can tap the Yisrael in them and bring them to Tshuva. Kishmoya ikriva atzmi shall call echad ve'echad mi Yisrael hu Yisrael. Because the primary and essential name of every single Jew is Yisrael. And since that's your primary name, means it's your primary identity. So never look at the external outside Jew. Every Jew has the potential for this radical tshuva that can make him, every Jew is a ticking bomb, a ticking tshuva bomb, really. And you just, you know, it's about to get, you trigger it. It has to be triggered. But you trigger it, and no man never give up on any Jew, even what looks like the worst of the worst. He has it within him to, to radically metamorphosize in one second and change everything around to, to godliness. This is his ikr, this is Yaakov. That's why it can impact even the more external levels of the soul where we're called Yaakov. And even on a level where we're stumbling with sins. And that's why, actually, it says the interesting, you stumbled. Why does it say stumbled? <laughs> well, stumbled. <laughs> and it's also a little strange, because you're talking about int intention. Stumbling is more, is more, would be more fitting for an unintentional sin. You weren't careful, you stumbled, you tripped on something. You didn't see the sidewalk was a little higher. The person didn't see that this was a sin. You know, he, he, he stumbled. You know, you forgot that you had something in your pocket on Shabbos. It's a stumble. <laughs> you walked, carried. It's a stumble. But if a person goes and intentionally goes ahead and turns on their phone and, 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 and you know, and uh, watches a movie on Shabbos, uh, that's not stumbling. That's intentionally deciding to ignore Shabbos. And if that's the case, how do you say, you stumbled? And the answer is, you do because it is known, the mimer of uh, the, the, the teaching of our that just like a person needs to be honest and know their own faults, you also need to know your strengths and your qualities. Yeah, you, you, a person needs to know them. A lot of people are very mahadar only to get to know their faults. And that's not good. You have to, you have, it's, it's not healthy if you don't know your faults and you cover it up with self-love or whatever. That's very unhealthy. But it's even more unhealthy that you don't even know your incredible 
potential and powers and unique things that you really have that make you very... And that's why he says, Kikashalta. Because when a Yid really knows his Mila, and what's the Mila? There's no better Mila than this, that this is a piece. You have a piece of the infinite in you. That ultimately you have to know your mind is that every type of chazarai, every type of mess up you had in your life, from the truest perspective, it's only that you stumbled. It's not really who you are. It's a stumbling. Because your, your foot hit a, a branch or something, or like the sidewalk, a raised sidewalk, it causes to stumble. And what happens when a person stumbles? Let's think about it. Which part of you is stumbled? The foot stumbled. But who gets the bang? The head gets the bang. So a person stumbles, their foot gets a clop, but the, the head falls and the chas v'shalem can get hurt. So, so in the neshama, it's also that way. That, that even though it's, the, it's only the lower element, the higher part of the neshama is, is not shaykh to sin. It's just deep, deep, deep buried in our subconscious. The, the lower element of our being is where we bang into things and we choose to ignore and stumble, whatever all that is. But it impacts. Ubchinis Yisrael ubeshlemus. The Yisrael is always beshlemus. Ubekol zet sadechli is inyan atshuva bechol toikva. Right. Notwithstanding the fact that the Yisrael always remains holy and always godly. Mekimekiven shu ubchinis Yisrael ale legame medregasei tzarech l'tshuva gama linyanze. Even if it was only a kishalain, which means it wasn't really intentional, you need tshuva because of, because a yid is so holy, it requires a tshuva even on things that are just a stumble. Quite on the contrary, because a Jew is so high, even small things are considered major because you, because. For you, like you say, it's pasnished. Mela, you know, I understand. But for you, so <laughs> you're juggling on both ends. On the one hand, you understand that what that the sin didn't come from the higher part in you. But on the other hand, even the little things end up being considered so of such significance. He negam inyan kal, even the smallest thing negeya yoiser mepegam gadol bepchenas yakov, a small little blemish in Yisrael is considered more severe than big pegamim in the level of Yaakov. Like it says in Tanya, and in Mesech It's a Chazal say, very serious thing, that if a Talmud Chacham, a, a, a scholar, has a stain on his clothing, it's no good. Because... Because he's because 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 he's so high, he shouldn't have even a small stain. So that's spiritually also a small little defect on him. The Baal Shem Tov said that the wreckage that's caused by a slight machshavazara, a small little foreign thought by a big tzaddik, causes much more spiritual damage in all the worlds more than the biggest coarsest averis of the coarse people. Very serious business. Like the big tzaddikim, after you know, big tzaddik. They only did a small little thing, but because of the sensitivity of where they're touching and where they're, you know. 
as explained in Tanya. The Alter Rebbe says in general that negative thoughts in a certain way cause much more damage than speech because it's, it, the thought is impacting a deeper place, a higher place. Now the Pasuk continues and the Pasuk says, take with, you, with, with yourself words. We asked earlier, if you already confessed, but you did a complete tshuva, what's the idea of taking words? Because in order to fix correctly what the stumble, this the person tripped, it's not enough to tshuva. I don't understand what he's saying here.
Okay, we have to finish this. Okay, good. It's a tshuva. We'll do tshuva. We'll understand. Okay. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Maybe my Shabbos Shuvah Russia will be uh, a continuation, uh, a recap and a continuation. With Hashem's help.